Two trucks having sex. Two trucks having sex. My muscles, my muscles involuntarily flex. Two trucks having sex. Two trucks having sex. My muscles, my muscles involuntarily flex. Two pickup trucks making love. American made. Listen up, Auto Thoughts and Set the Clowns. You're listening to Prime Cuts, the history of the Transformers franchise on. Um, on television, but not uh, in chronological order. I'm one of your hosts, Audrey. I'm your other host, Nero. And we are starting Transformers Prime, and it is still really good, and it's my favorite series, and it got me into the franchise, and I'm so elated that it holds up as well as it does. Yeah, it's a pretty good show. I, I am comedically underselling, and I also thought it was extremely good. Yeah, it's it it whips. It whips so much. I have so many lines. The like writing is so good. Yeah. The writing is like way better than a hub series should have series should have been. I mean, you could say that for some of their other ones, right? Like that's Yeah, I mean My Little Pony, true. But I mean, I guess I never really heard anything about that G.I. Joe show they had for a while, and that's the only other hub original like in, that comes to mind. It's just like it has no right. There are some lines. Uh, uh, there are some like the the level of like pop culture knowledge that you need to like actually get all of the jokes. It's like very much older than their target audience should be expected to have. Was Dan uh, versus a hub original, or was that a Canadian import? What a hub is Canadian. I guess, but like it's like a hat. But like, is it was it like created for the channel or was it like another show that I have no idea? Because that but one, anyway. that one's kind of uh, that's the only other like hub original I had to like any memories the, of it all. The writing is great. The voice acting spectacular. Um, the animation is like not in its um, prime yet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 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 yeah the animation is has not quite hit its stride but it's still like good to look at there were like no parts of it where i'm just like this sucks actually no there there were there's something that looks bad like there uh, there are some character animations that i was like that looks kind of weird yeah there's something again like they're they're still getting into the groove of it but there's nothing that makes me go (laughs) jack's jack's face is a little bit weird looking but other than that, there's really nothing that I can point to that's like, ah, you see, this is bad animation. And and there are actually a couple shots that look amazing. Um, a Prime, I mean, we, we can talk about this a little more, but one of my favorite things that Prime does is Prime um, is 3D animated, but it uses a lot of flat um, 2D painted backgrounds. Um, it does these particularly in flashbacks. I love the way that Prime does flashbacks, and we'll talk about that a little bit here. But it does it in other places as well, and it actually like very successfully merges the two styles, yeah. uh, which is an incredible challenge in 2010 technology to do. Yeah, well, we'll talk a little bit more about things as we go. Let's go ahead and hop right into this. So the, uh, the first... Yeah. We're watching... We are watching Darkness Rises, parts one through three. This will be different than Armada because there is only the English version. I mean, there are other versions of it, but it wasn't like there was like a different script or whatever. It wasn't like an anime or whatever. So I'm also watching the English version. If Prime received like a gag dub like Beast Wars did in Japan or if it was more straightforward, I think it might have been. I think it was straightforward. 
I think it was. I know there's one particular change in a future episode that there's one change that I know about in the Japanese dub, but we'll get that. We'll get there when we get there. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Dark the 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 first five episodes I believed it aired as a, as a week long event. I don't think this was a single night, but I think it was like. Yeah, it was. It was Monday. It was like one of the slots on Toonam or no. On what the was hub. it on? It was on Aaron. the hub. On the hub, right, on the hub. Right, yeah, obviously, duh. Uh, it was one of the slots on the, like, the primetime, like, the five to seven slots on the hub, Monday through Friday, for the week it de- debuted. Yeah, so it was just, like, a straight week of prime, then I think there was, like, maybe a month break before it came back or something. Um, so we, 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 we kind of start, like, we, we just get thrown right in here with a conversation between RC and... And everyone's favorite, Cliff Jumper. Voiced by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. The Rock is here. Um, he was heavily... I, I remember this was a time... This is like the first series I was actively in the fandom when it was about to come out. Like I, I was a bit too young to participate when Animated and Cybertron were coming out. But this I was there for and I was posting a lot on... Um, cybertron.com with an sei uh so i remember you know the the marketing of like yeah we're gonna fucking dwayne the rock johnson he's gonna be voicing one of the main characters and even then <laughs> i remembered everyone in the forums going this guy's dying in like the first event right like he's gonna be dying pretty soon i think there's no way they're gonna pay for uh, for dwayne the rock johnson for a whole show and they were correct they didn't even pay for him for a whole episode <laughs> but but yeah, you know, it's just... It's, it's, you don't think he did the folio work for Cliff Jumper's growls? God, that is almost certainly Frank Welker. You know he, yeah, loves, I know. To, you know he yeah. loves to make weird creature noises. He loves being a little sicko guy. So, I like this story. Cliff Jumper is telling RC. It's really funny. He's telling her about how he trolled the fuck out of a bunch of New York cops. Yeah, no, like, we started off with Cliff Jumper being like, anyway, A-cab. Yeah, so, so he, he, like, fucking yanked a boot off of his uh his tires because they like tried to impound him um do you think and then like drove away and rc's like and didn't catch any attention and cliff jumper's like not that you need to know about uh-huh so do you think they definitely have their own like private comms channel right like this is this is the but this is oh, the yeah. bro this is the bro channel they all do i mean yeah uh, I I think I think it is heavily implied that RC and Cliff Jumper had a romantic relationship. Oh yes, it, like, it certainly is. So I would say more than a bro channel. Yeah, there's there's some things to going on in that in that voice channel that we don't need to know about, and certainly Optimus doesn't need to know about. But anyway, there is probably does anyway. Ratchet certainly does because he has uh-huh. to uh, keep him safe. Yep, He's bringing out the bowl of robot condoms. Anyway. So um, we we learn yeah. we establish quite a few things in rapid succession in this little opening conversation RC and Cliff Jumper have. First of all, the Autobots are yet again, uh, you know, they're in in Armada. They were stationed in fucking Lincoln, Nebraska. Here they are even in more in the armpit of nowhere. There in somewhere called fucking Jasper, Nevada. And yeah. if for those of uh, for everyone who who has not not as much familiarity with the United States. Nevada basically has two cities, maybe three if you're generous, and uh, nothing else. 
So they're in a non-Reno, non-Las Vegas city here. Yeah, what is the third one that you're thinking of? The fucking capital. I forget what it's even called, but it's not Las Vegas or Reno. Let me see. What the fuck is the capital, Nevada? Oh, shit. You should know this. You, like, border with Nevada. (laughs) No, we do not. Texas is nowhere near Nevada. There's, like, four states in between us and Nevada. Anyway, the capital is something called Carson City. I have no idea what. Fake. Yeah, exactly. That I have no idea fake. what that is. Yeah, so they're they're in By like. By border, I meant that you were in the same region, the American Southwest. Oh yeah, yeah, we're in the same region. Um, <laughs> That's why I, I didn't mean that you literally bordered them. So if I bordered them, it would make go to going to Evo much easier. <laughs> so yeah, they're in Jasper, Nevada, a town that probably at maximum has like thirty thousand people in it. That's probably generous. That is extremely generous. Holy shit, Nero. Um, <laughs> Have you ever been to a suburb, my my guy? Probably more like 10,000. <laughs> that still might be very it generous. Is, it, like the, the problem is that what from we, what we see of it is so barren, but I think that's mostly because they couldn't afford that many models. So like there's yeah, just I nobody know. around. But it's 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 a a suburb of being generous yeah. of Nevada. Oh, yeah. I think I think looking with somewhere between the 5 to 10k range is probably what we're looking at here. Yeah, so they're in Jasper, Nevada. They are trying to scout for Energon deposits. That's what RC and Cliffjumper are doing currently. And the Decepticons have not been seen for a while. Later we get, I think, three or four years. Specifically three years. Yeah, like, but in Cliffjumper is basically saying, like, I, I kind of miss the Decepticons, man. It's fucking boring out here. We don't have anything now, to do. Now, it's important to note that Cliffjumper has um, a specific character design, which is that he has horns. And he has a catchphrase that goes along with it, which is that if you mess with Cliffjumper, you get the horns. Yeah. His, this will come back later on. His uh, his his like vehicle and design is is really tight. He's like a big fucking Dodge Charger esque muscle car, with some cow horns on the front of it. Whatever you say about like the the like people designs in this, the vehicle designs in Prime are tight as hell. Oh yeah, all sure. of them look, all of them look really good. Even the fucking like red shirts that we'll get to. Oh, they look, look great. Cool as hell. I think they the, the red shirts. The red shirts look good as hell. The Viacons are some of the coolest like goon designs yeah. in Transformers. They're they're definitely they, like the style, the most stylish generics ever made. Yeah, they put their whole pussies into designing things that would get killed ten times an episode. Yeah. So, um, he Cliffjumper finds a big old energon deposit as they're talking. So he decides to go in and investigate, and lo and behold, uh, the the Decepticon flagship shows up right over the deposit he was investigating. Uh-oh. Whoops. Oops. Uh-oh. Oops. The nemesis is here, and a bunch of, uh, a fuck ton of, of vehicons descend. They, I'm using the term vehicons. They aren't named until way later, but that's what these yeah. fucking purple guys are called. Yeah, so the vehicons were, as as I talked about, they are a prime invention, um, they were designed to basically fill out the Decepticon army and make it so that the Decepticon army was sort of like always overpowered over the Autobots, um, throughout the series, which is like a really interesting choice. Um, they are red shirts. They were designed to be disposed of. Um, there's some fun fan lore about them. 
Um, specifically, there's a lot of fanon around one particular Viacon that the fandom has named Steve or ST3-V3. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that's one solution you get, right? Either you have the Armada model of both sides are like seven people and neither of them can, can kill anybody or get anything done. That is also the model that is in beast wars however it's in beast wars it's in tfa it's in TFA. tfa is a little bit different though because in that one the decepticons are deployed a little bit more strategically in terms of being a threat right but but, my but point they are is like that they're still like group. all yeah. yeah it's it's even like the same as g1 right like that yeah. you have like these basically like equitable armies of equitably named characters prime is really the only series that's like these guys, these guys are like the whose line is is it anyway, where their their names are made up and the points don't matter well, and their there, lives don't matter. There is actually one other Transformers series that features overwhelming odds in the forms of of endless drone armies that are also called Viacons, and that's Beast Machines. Oh. Um, that is where the name comes from. Yeah. They those that's are right. the Viacons are the enemy faction in Beast Machines that are these like. Endless series of drones controlled by a a handful of sentient generals. Uh, these guys are just drones, but they are also sentient, which also means that all of them, uh, you know, they they die. Feel a the lot. pain of death. Yes, they feel the pain of death. And Cliff Trumper oh. immediately helps them feel the pain. A few of them feel the pain of death. <laughs> pain of death. Yes. Um, he ends up accidentally in the course of uh making them all feel the pain of death uh he does accidentally shoot the energon which sets off an explosive reaction um knocking him which, out knocking him out and i will say like again animation still getting in its groove all the like special effects though look pretty fucking good the yeah. explosions and like the fire like energon explodes into this like bright blue fire um it looks good it looks good uh during this we also get because rca calls for backup we also get an introduction to uh, a very short introduction to all of our other autobot cast members optimus bumblebee bulkhead and ratchet featuring a very rare uh some very rare footage of ratchet's vehicle mode he is not seen on screen very often in his ambulance mode infamously it's it's like infamously hard to get good screen caps of his of him in vehicle mode in this show um, but yeah, we get, we, we get a little, a little bit of intro to everyone, but then yeah, Cliff Trimber gets dragged up to the nemesis and brought before the, the Supreme Decepticon commander, Starscream. What's going on here? So Starscream in season one of Prime is about as competent as you're going to be star, see Starscream being in any C- series that has come out so far. Yeah. Uh, season one of Prime Starscream has been leading the Decepticon army for three years, successfully avoiding combat, concentrating on, like, bolstering their Energon supplies, and, like, doing a lot with literally nothing since Megatron fucked off to space, though we're gonna get there in a minute. Yeah, because the (laughs) the first thing uh, Cliff Jumper does upon being dragged to the bridge is first he spits some blood out because we got to establish that this is a this show's got violence in it um yeah this is for 
kids twelve and up. Uh huh. And then he and then he uh, and then he says, "Hey, scream! Where's your Where's your boss?" Uh, no, no, he does not. He says, "Scream! This is important because this this establishes a very interesting dynamic." Oh, that's right. In, he does. in this series, he says, "Hey, scream! Where's your master?" Yep. Um, and the starstream tells him to shut the fuck up. And what here? Here, all right. So. There's, like, a very weird BDSM, like, master thing going on between Starscream and Megatron in this series. It's very strange. It's weird. Um, But, yeah, basically, so, Starscream um, has no, has very little words for this Autobot. He doesn't give a shit. Instead, he literally just kills him. Like... He... He rips his heart out. He literally shoves his hand into his chest. And, you know, his Starscream's hands are basically talons. They're gigantic, long claws. So he just stabs him in the heart. He looks like, uh, he looks like one of those, uh, acrylic edits. Yeah, so, I mean, this is not even, like, uh, this is like sub five minutes, I think. Is Clubjumper fucking dying. (laughs) And then... And then, you know, Starship lets his body slump over and just goes, clean that up. And, like, again, like, this establishes, I cannot emphasize enough how competent Starscream is at the beginning of this series. It's not going to last. No. It's not going to last. But, like, for him to, what I really like about Prime and the beginning of Prime is that the only sort of other franchise I can think of that really ends up with Starscream in charge is the comics. Right? Yeah. Like, that's the only way where he actually gets what he was looking for and gets this, this leadership that he wants. And in the comics, he's like, oh, fuck, this sucks, actually. Um, but in the in Prime, you, like, <laughs> see him surviving. And not even surviving, but thriving. Again, his approach to, his approach to leading the Decepticons is very different from Megatron because it's much less about conflict. He sees Megatron leave and he's like, okay, I'm going to stop fighting the Autobots and just hide away and make sure that we get all of our basic needs met and, like, not, like, waste resources needlessly battling the Autobots and maybe we can get off this godforsaken planet someday. Yep. Um, but he does it really well. And one of the, the, the greatest markers of this, which we will also discuss later in this episode, is the fact that Soundwave trusts him to do it. Yeah, either he trusts him or he knows that he won't try anything while Soundwave is around because like either way, like Soundwave tr- like supports him in his decisions. Yeah. Which at- is like a critical thing that you don't see in any other continuity because At least he Soundwave doesn't try to stop him. Like it's it's really hard to tell what Soundwave is thinking most of the time. It because we'll get to him eventually because he well, is, yeah, well- he is an, he's sort of an inscrutable guy. Um, yeah, kind of the point of Soundwave in, in Prime, but so anyway. the Autobots arrive. It, yeah, Starscream rules in Prime Season yes. 1, that's all I have to say. I mean, he's, he's good all the way through, it's just that, as with all Starscreams, he, he begins to, like, buckle under his own ambitions, yeah. Yeah. Um. So all the Autobots <laughs> arrive, RC finds Cliffjumper's horn, because he has horns on his head, Uh, one of them yeah, got shot off. you get the off. horns! They get the horns, and Ratchet confirms that... Cliffjumper's like signal is dead. Also, like Optimus transforms for the first time, and it is such a "you are my dad, you are my dad" boogie yeah. woogie 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 moment. Yes. Again, we've talked about this before, but Prime Optimus is the most dad Optimus out there. So, one thing about 
Prime that uh, we must emphasize that this is the first show fully in production after the live action movies were out. Animated was in production before it and had changes reflecting the the movie the first movie um to make it more successful by, you know, changing around the cast and adding in the AllSpark. This is the one where this was at this is after Avengers of the Fallen. This is like we know that we can go darker and it'll be fine. And I'll, so much of this you can so much of this is like very movie-esque thankfully it's not any of the yeah. bad parts usually um mo- it's very reflective mostly it's like character design yeah it's character design it is reflected in the score which is very grandiose oh, and, so good. and uh oh who did the who did the fucking i forget who did the ost for I, I, it's not raymond juani it's someone else i don't think it's hans zimmer either Anyway, the score... It's a fucking good... It's a fucking good score. And also, uh, another de- another character detail that's carry- that gets carried over, Optimus's penchant for speeches on cliffs at sunset. Well, that's... He, that's my dad. He loves to do it. Let um, him talk. They they bury... You know, they, they make a grave for Cliff Jumper. Now, we should say, R.C. is... R.C. is very sad <laughs> about all this. Um... And, and Optimus has a little speech about, like, they have to, you know, they, they've lost one of their number, but they have to keep on fighting in secret for the we sake can't, of the we humans. Can't, we can't let our emotions about the uh, death of Cliffjumper cloud our judgment, and Arcee's like, cool, I'm gonna go kill some Decepticons, bye. Yeah, Prime <laughs> Optimus is very stoic, he is very, like, measured- um i would say he's stoic but he is measured stoic i think is like a colder term than i think sure prime he's, he's optimist very, very taciturn like, yeah that's fine he's 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 very he's practical i would say yeah like he's you know but there's like a warmth to all the things so he like rc's like i'm gonna go kill some decepticons and optimus is like rc do you need to see a counselor <laughs> And Arcee's like, nope, I'm good. Goodbye. And she just says, I'm going to go on patrol. I don't I don't need to talk about my feelings. I'm a big girl. I can work through it on my own. No. She, she can't Also, really. there's like some commentary from Ratchet. And what I really love about Ratchet Prime... I, saw, I, I finally figured out why I like Ratchet so much in Prime. Um, specifically, it's because they really dig into the Leonard Bones McCoy. Oh, yeah. Arch- archetype for him um and bones is one of my favorite characters in anything ever so if you ever watch star trek and you want to know about like irascible doctors who sort of are like begrudgingly doing their jobs but like have a secret heart of gold that's bones that's ratchet yeah animated really brought the like grumpy curmudgeonly old ratchet to the forefront because then like yeah that was reflected in the IDW comics and that carried forward into this into this series of like yeah he's an old timer he's optimus's closest like friend but <laughs> there's such a good line in the third episode about that yes he doesn't but he doesn't really <laughs> see much action and he's very grumpy but um, secretly but maybe he, is, he cares he's less grumpy than tfa yes ratchet. tfa ratchet is like a little bit older and like ratchet, tfa ratchet's like um grap yeah he's like he's like he's like a he's like a veteran he's like a veteran of the of the great war or like a cup yeah he's a little bit more he's like a cup-esque figure cup. he's ratchet, like a cup yeah ratchet is prime ratchet is much more of a bones where it's like it's less the age and more of the just sort of 
causticness yeah. of when she goes about his job. Exactly. Literally, every so often, I think that Ratch is going to turn to Optimus and go, he's that Optimus. <laughs> he basically does that in the fucking yeah, exactly. opening here. So we... we 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 don't have our intro yet. We have the t- the little Transformers Prime title card, and then we cut to Knockout Burger, where we Again, meet our hero, Jackson Darby, oh. um, who is I think like fifteen. I think he's he's sixteen. He says he's sixteen. Okay, he's sixteen. Like Miko's fourteen, and Raph is twelve. I think. Do, yeah. So uh, my question, well, I guess I'll I'll save my question for when Raph is introduced. Um, yeah. But yeah, we inter- we see Jack. He's a teenager working in a shitty burger joint, um, being tormented by his peers. You know the usual. This is this is so. This is where we really start to see the like the budget limitations of this early season because it, there's nobody in this burger joint, and we don't see yeah. any other car. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But it's also it is also where we start to see some of like, in my opinion, the the quality of the writing of the series. Yes. Because, like, Jack is being tormented, and he's like, yeah, could we get uh, two shit burgers with uh, crap fries or whatever? And Jack's like, yeah, uh, two not as funny as you think you are. Got it. <laughs> and um, it's just like, it's it's like, again, it's nothing brilliant, but it's, like, really nice snappy writing that, like, actually feels like dialogue that would come from a 16-year-old. Yeah, compared um, to our last trio of humans, uh, these right. these are way better. Yeah, it's not it's not a guy going trees trees. They are us. Um, yeah, <laughs> over and over again. So like you know, again, nothing. I would not not say anything in TFP is particularly brilliant, except maybe the season two finale, which woof. Uh, we'll get there though. Um, but. The, the dialogue is just like it's it's on point like none of it is like going to win any emmys or anything although i'm pretty sure the show did win some emmys probably um, did i believe it won yeah. it won a few daytime emmys uh yeah. for the first and second seasons so but, yeah, yeah we see jack you know dead end shitty burger job uh rc 559 for two combos by the way which that's means that i should probably move to jasper yeah what the fuck is going on in jasper that's crazy. Um, I don't know. It, like those prices suggest, Knockout Burger should be way more full. Um, anyway, RC is do- going on patrol. She has a Hollow Matter Avatar uh, rider. Uh, she's a motorcycle, to be clear. Yes, RC is a motorcycle. So she's the one who really needs to use those because you know all the rest of them get away with tinted windows. She she really needs to look like someone is on her. So, but she's getting tailed by Viacons, so she decides she's going to go hide in the Knockout Burger parking lot. Um, Jack calls his mom to say he's heading home. He says the words, cut a rug. He does um, say the words, cut a rug. She asks if he's going to the school dance, and Jack says, absolutely not. If anything that experience has taught me, I should never cut a rug unless I'm reupholstering something. He's like he, the, here's here's like the chief thing about Jack Darby. the 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 boy is not cool in any sense of like he is just not a cool. He is not a cool teen at all. It's like I mean, again, I think this is sort of like par for the course with like human yeah. sidekicks, but like. None of them are cool. The closest that gets to it is Miko by a mile. But, like, Miko is very clearly shown as being an outsider. 
Yeah, but like Jack is 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 very specifically a kind of like he's just like it's sort of a nothing boy. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but he's just like he is the most average teen in the world. He just he just wants a cool motorcycle, and which he sees he sees a cool motorcycle parked outside his burger joint. And he he's like, I don't know whose this is, but I have such vivid fantasies of owning something like this. What if I just what if I just sat on it for a little <laughs> bit and pretended? Like, what it's if I, so what funny. What if I were naughty? What if I were naughty? Yeah. So, he's saying, and so he, he's, he goes ahead and does that. And then two girls show up. Um, and he's talking to RC the entire time. Yes. And Ar- you can just feel like the tension in RC's like entire struts. Just like, please <laughs> leave. Stop being weird, but yeah, the, the, then, yeah, these girls show up, including this. I guess is a girl he has a crush his on, crush. Sadie, um, Sierra, Sierra, Sierra. So, but they're like, haha, is that like your Sierra bike? Nevada? Haha, do you get it? I get it. Sierra Nevada, is that your bike? And he's like, yes. And they're like, are you talking to your bike? And he's like, no. I mean, yes. I mean, I'm talking to you. I mean, yes, it's my bike. Yeah, but but then the Viacons are, are closing in from behind them. They they just try to run these teenagers down. They don't really give a shit. Yeah, Arcee's like, come on, come on, come on, come on, yeah. come on, leave, 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 leave. Specifically, she's like, come on, smooth operator, hurry it up. <laughs> I love Arcee. Arcee is fucking great. So, oh my god, kind of a girl boss show. She's such a girl boss. Um. So yeah, he she just sort of drives off with Jack still astride her vehicle form, being chased by these vehicons. Yeah, Jack immediately again uh, for for all of Jack's faults, he is I would say the most relatable. Oh yeah, teen like sidekick. He is um, definitely meant to be like the guy you project onto. But but he's also successful at it, as opposed yes. to like rad. Right, yeah. who was like also supposed to be the person you project on, or even uh, you know, Carlos, any of the other, or, any of the three, but like, or right, or like, or like Spike in G one, or like any of them, right? Like, yeah. Unlike them, he actually is successful because he says immediately, "What is going on? What are you?" Yeah. <laughs> and RC says, "Don't let go," and Jack's like, "Ah." <laughs> <laughs> so Starscream commands the Viacons. Uh, yeah, kill the Autobot and the human, uh, just to yeah, be sure. Yeah, the Viacons are like, hey, we found RC, there's a human with her, and Starship's like, and what about it? Okay, sure. <laughs> kill them, idiots! I don't fucking care. Yeah, so, so RC- Possible RC- to get good help these days. RC, like, you know, sort of dips into an alleyway, kicks Jack off, and is like, alright, listen to me, you'll shit. You didn't see anything. You need to leave- and not tell anyone about them. He's like, yep, yep, you got it. I'm not, I well, will not be telling anyone. Oh, wait, no, this is a, a later line. Yeah, but because. The, the, the very good line, he says. Yeah, so, like, yeah, so he runs off, uh, but RC notices that one of the Viacons, like, splits away to chase him, and she just goes, oh, god Shit, damn it. nope. All right, she's like, all right, forget what I just said, get back on me. Yeah. <laughs> and Jack's like, okay. So the, yeah, so they they get onto the highway, uh, which is important because that this this becomes a point of contention with someone later, um, mm-hmm. where they are like engaging in a in like a like a fucking fast and furious car duel of ramming into each other. Uh, Bumblebee shows up to give RC some backup. Uh, Jack, there's a really yeah, there's a really nice line here where Jack's like, "Is that a friend of yours?" And RC's like, "Family." 
I like it. It a really lot. is the Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Family. No. Uh, well, not this episode, but the third episode sure is. Yeah. <laughs> So, That's Tokyo Drift. The third episode is Tokyo Drift. It totally specifically. is. So they, so they, they're they're doing highway comp. Then we cut to a little boy driving around a radio control car that looks a lot like Bumblebee for some reason. And he calls his mom, and he says that he is just racing down in the ravine or whatever it is. He's like, yeah, yeah like, underneath, he's underneath the highway in like a fucking sewage drain or something. I don't know. He's like, there's nothing don't to worry. do in Jasper. That's what I'm learning. Uh, literally nothing to do in jasper especially if you're a nerd um and uh yeah he's just uh having a a good fun time he looks like um the grandpa from up if he was the age (laughs) years he does that's what raf looks like the same face shape and the same like big old glasses yep Anyway, a motorcycle, a, a, a yellow sports car, and two evil black sports cars smash down in front of him off of the highway. Um, yeah, and, and again, the, the Viacons just look so tight. And then they all turn into robots. And we, I guess we should just... So the Viacons all have... They're all they're all unique because, you know, obviously... Or no, they're, all, they're not all unique. They're all the same because it, that saves budget. Um, they all have, like... Red visors with a single little dot where their mouth might be. So they all have the same face. They've all they're all purple and spiky. So Prime for Decepticons really leans into the purple. Yeah. Uh, this is for a number of reasons. One is that like the Decepticon symbol is purple. Um, when we get to it, Dark Energon is purple. Um, and so everything is sort of like designed in Megatron's colors, which are. Um, like a deep steel gray and purple, uh, and the Viacons take those same colors as well. Yeah, and ex- except for their eyes, which in the Decepticon fashion are red. Yeah, and like you know, we got RC fighting. Well, yeah. So I, I forgot to mention Bumble- Bumblebee doesn't show up immediately. He gets like spun out in the highway or something. Yeah, so the Viacon, uh, one of the Viacons. So he's like trying to he on the highway. He's trying to block the Viacons from getting to RC. So he's they're like moving back and forth between the lanes, and he's blocking their access. And eventually, one of them like breaks off from the other, and gets in front of him while the other one uh, like crashes into his uh, real rear wheel, which sends him spinning. Who's not here yet? RC is fighting these two Viacons, and you and you know she's like. Her, th- her whole thing is that she is very agile and very, like, precise, but she is also, like, the smallest Autobot by a country mile. So and not also, a lot of power. The most, light- the most lightly armored. Yes. So she is kind of getting her ass kicked here. Um, she also, like, so she transforms, the V-Con transforms, and, like, this kid, it's Raph. I'm yeah. gonna just name him. It's Raph. Uh, Raph looks at... Uh, 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 Jack and goes, uh, what are they? And Jack's like, um, it's like talking cars, cars. They're talking they're cars, talking that, cars turn that turn into robots. Or the other, or way, the other way down. I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, well he, done. That was like incredibly synchronous. <laughs> but yeah, he's like, and he's like, I don't, I don't want to find out. Let's leave. <laughs> that right, and that's the point where I was like, "That's the most relatable character yeah. I've ever seen in a Transformer series." Him that's... saying, "I don't know," and I don't want to know. <laughs> so that is when uh, Bumblebee shows up with a mean right hook on one of the Viacons here, um, and you know, that's, one thing is like it's it's cool that you know it, it, this is this like really varies 
from episode to episode in terms of like what what is the threat level of an average viacon like what is really how much damage can they do and i will say i feel like it the the gunfire and stuff in this show is certainly not as weightless as it is in armada like it's got a lot more heft to it in terms of like people get shot and they get thrown on their ass they don't necessarily die but they definitely like feel it yeah no it does like real harm um the the question always as is you know in true red shirt form can they hit it yeah and you know some of them can't some of them can't uh so see so yeah, that, that is the thing that varies the most from episode yes. to episode is can they actually hit it so raf kind of gets the vehicon's attention accidentally so or one of them and so this is when they run into it like a sewage pipe and get very slowly pursued by this vehicon it's just like well i i don't need to move quick they're they're all humans they don't they can't do anything and also they have rc and bumblebee at gunpoint so yes yeah that's the other thing so this guy is just kind of slowly walking up um and then uh bumblebee drags him away and and saves them real quick and also this is where we kind of see that bumblebee as i mentioned in the uh the armada wrap-up episode he speaks in r2d2 beeps um where you know much much like his his uh live action movie counterpart he can't talk to enhance his cuteness and marketability but raf can understand him yes and uh so eventually they they, they, they have also called, you know, Bulkhead in for backup. And so they're, you know, Bumblebee and RC square up against the other Vicons again. And then Bulkhead shows up and the, uh, and transforms and is generally, you know, large. And they flee. The, the Vicons run away immediately. Um, yeah. presu- and, and, and later events in episode three makes me wonder if they're fleeing in abject terror of Bulkhead, considering the things he does to one of them in episode three. <laughs> You don't fuck with a wrecker. Um, and RC's like, what took you so long? He's like, traffic. Um, so I, w- I wanted to talk, well, I get, oh, yeah, let's talk about Bulkhead now, because he's one of the most interesting parts of this cast, right? Yeah, he is a holdover from TFA, basically. Yes. Um, he doesn't really, I mean, he, he shows up in G1, he exists, but he's not a major player in any of the other continuities, but he was a major character in TFA, and they're like, People know this from TFA, put Bulkhead in Prime. Yeah. And, you know, like, it, it's interesting because, obviously, his role as the heavy in the movie is filled by Ironhide. But Ironhide was not a major character in Animated, nor in this. So, what you have instead is Bulkhead. And it's interesting because Bulkhead is one of the characters where you can most see the, like, influence of Animated on this art style. Because yes. he is like he is very he still has the big exaggerated lower jaw and the sort of the general roundness, but it's also just like you know he's he's a little greebled, he's a little bit you know live action movied. Yeah, I mean, again, Bulkhead basically had no prior. Yeah, I, I, he he exists in G one, but like I don't even know if barely. there was a. I think I think the first character with there might have been like a minor character named Bulkhead. There I was, think, but I think the first like major named character in a in an appearance was Transformers Energon, 
was the oh, first maybe. bulkhead. No, so bulkhead that exists in G one. Yeah, he's a like, very, very minor, minor, minor character. Yeah, but he is he's basically like he was he was that name was like rocketed into prominence by animated yeah. and he's been he's been Exactly. Uh, all of the all of the other Autobots, Optimus, Ratchet, Bumblebee, RC, and uh who am I missing? Cliff Jumper. Well, the okay. late Cliff Jumper. We'll say we'll say Wheeljack. We'll say Wheeljack. Yeah, there's there's uh, a, there's a few yes. others that show up. But all, all of the other, all of the other Autobots, um, and were... most of the Decepticons as well. Well, yeah, all the Decept. Well, most yeah, of them. Not, there, yeah, there are yeah, a few. Not, not knockout, knockout, knockout. Got sort of re completely reinvented for this. Yeah. Um. But um, you know. All of the other ones, they existed in other continuities beforehand, but Bulkhead was really the one that in was revived in any major way in TFA. Yeah. So, you so know... So, of course, he's the most influenced by TFA's design. Yeah. Uh, so, everyone... So, BNRC report back to Optimus, you know, talking like, well, we got attacked by some Viacons, but we're all right. Uh, we found, you know, some humans got involved, and he's like, well... Better bring him back to base, or else the Decepticons are probably going to kill him. And uh, everyone's like, but Optimus, and Optimus is like, uh, freedom is the right of all sentient beings. I will say it a million times if I have to. So here's where I have a question about yeah. Raph, because we, we cut to the next next uh, day, it's after school, um, and Jack finds Raph outside of school. So... We we, we kind of learned Raph is like a super genius computer whiz. Yeah. Did he get moved forward a bunch so he is a, 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 a in high school at 12? Is that what we he, think is happening he, here? No. Here's my assumption. My assumption is that Jasper Nevada has like five to 10,000 people in it. And so it that they school. probably combined... They they combine their middle and high school. Okay, so they have they have like a the classic junior high situation where it's like yes. six through twelve. Okay, yes. yeah, that, makes that sense. is that is my assumption. Um, because they 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 also seem to like know each other even prior to their meeting. Um, Again, it is a town of like five to ten thousand yeah. people. There are maybe maybe a thousand people across six grades in that school. Yeah, so while while they uh they're they're talking and Jack is like, Man, I'm fucking so happy that we don't have to deal with any of that crazy robot shit. I am I'm, Yeah, that I'm, was wild, huh? Uh, we're out of the now that's of, in the past. We're out of the, we're on the other end of that. I'll never have to think about it again. And then Raf goes, Hey, it's Bumblebee. It's like fuck. No. Shit. And Bumblebee's like, beep, 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 get in. And Raf's like, okay, and gets it and like Jack's like, have you never heard of Stranger Danger? What are yeah. you doing, Raph? <laughs> it's so, it's so funny because so they they go over and Bumblebee beeps at him and uh, he's like, oh, he wants me to get in. And Jack's like, wait, 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 one, you can understand him. Two, what about me? No, well, Jack says he wants us to get in, and Raph's like, no, he wants me to get in. Your ride's over there, and RC's like glaring as hard as a motorcycle can <laughs> yeah the the fucking jojo's like ominous thing yeah exactly uh also near rc is uh a young exchange student absentmindedly doodling she won't be important oh by the way raf's full name is raf Esquivel. yes um so jack is over and is like oh yeah um you know this is you don't need to do this and she's like all right, we we need to get get on. We're gonna have a talk. We have okay. We we have a great line from Jack here. 
Which is like, I get it, I get it. The first rule of Robot Fight Club is you do not talk about Robot Fight Club. Yep. Um, so they kind of they kind of go around the corner, um, and RC transforms. They're like, all right, li- li- listen here, you little shit. I don't like this any more than you do. But Optimus Prime says we need to keep you safe, so you're coming with us back to base. And he's like, uh, I don't think, I don't know about all that. I, I got a curfew. who is Optimus Prime? Yeah. Two, I don't know about all that. And then the, 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 the Japanese girl's like, dude, totally go for it. Because guess what? She saw the whole thing. Because she's... She noticed the bike was gone. Um, and we get our first instance of a curse that will be used a lot in Prime. Ah, oh, scrap. Yeah, scrap. They use scrap a lot. Um, you know, to mean shit and whatnot. Crap. And crap, yeah. It's, I guess it is just, crap That's is already what it's in there. for. It's crap. Yeah. Um, so... Her name is Miko Nak- Nakamura. Yes. Uh, and, and she is... So they all go to the auto base... And she's a Japanese exchange student. Cra- I did, it's wild that Jasper has an exchange student program. That is interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess my town did too. Now that I think about it, I just I just never met those exchange students in my house. But I, I, I also are had in your town, though. A fairly sizable Dallas suburb. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I said. Yeah, it's 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 yeah, but like Jasper, it's just so crazy. That, yeah, because she's. We see that yeah, she her during her establishing shot, she's like getting a text from her host parents, um, and she's like, ignore. Yep. Yeah. yeah this, I think this girl might be a little bit of a troublemaker. Um, uh oh. So they all arrive back at base. Everyone gets introduced. Miko asks Bulkhead five bajillion questions. Um, uh, which Raph is. Raph has uh, um, a, a question, which is like, okay, so if you're all robots, then who made you? And Ratchet just scoffs. Yeah. And, and uh, Optimus is like, we don't have time for those existential questions anyway. Yeah, also, I, we, we Who didn't... made you? Could you write a, con- a concerto? Could you? Yeah. Like, I'm glad they managed to fit uh, Ratchet's extremely uh our atheism character from idw into a little bit of his uh into his prime in that little tiny like i mean it's kind of the reverse i know that like idw was already going in 2010 but barely yeah i guess actually that stuff only started developing in more than meets the eye which was i think about a year off from starting i think it was two years off i think it was 2012 yeah, because Ratchet's character, it, it, it's, it had been going for about, it started in 2005, and, oh, was this all I don't Megatron? know if you can count the, dream, the Dreamwave stuff. No, 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 IDW started in 2005. Like, Dreamwave lost the license in 2004, and ID, the very first IDW stuff was started, it? yeah, I Infiltration. Thought it was 2006. Infiltration, it might I think, like, the first issue came out in 2005, but, like, regardless, it had been going for a little bit, but not in the... Not in the form we know it in now. Like, yeah. very, very few characters heavily featured in that would, would kind of go forward. Except for Ratchet, who would be drastically different. Uh-huh. Anyway, Optimus yeah. gives him a big old speech about, you know, we are autonomous robotic organisms from the planet Cybertron. You can call us Autobots. Great War. Megatron's bad. Also, He's like, back. the idea of, like, Autobot coming from autonomous robot life forms yeah. is, like, a very cool idea that is introduced in prime it, it's actually that's that is basically a quote from the 2007 movie 
um that part of it anyway of like because that's 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 you can tell how much i pay attention to the bayverse that's word for word what uh prime says to sam when they first meet basically yeah well so yeah but he he tells them that like we i believe megatron might be returning it it has been it has been a while He, he disappeared for years but i think he might be coming back um, After years of civil war, yes, um, we get this is where we get a little flashback. It's a JPEG yeah. from War for Cybertron. But again, like I, I really like the way that flashbacks are done. Actually, I like the JPEGs. I like that the fact that they do these like two D, vaguely moving background things for the flashbacks. I think it's actually quite effective, and it's they're a, beautifully painted. It's also interesting that you know, obviously, this show is in the same continuity as the game war for cybertron you wouldn't really know it though they they look very different yeah um, all the designs are completely ass backwards but whatever yeah it's it's it, it, it you can't think too hard about the aligned continuity or things get weird um, don't worry about it don't worry about it yeah their their little their little project didn't really pan out as well as they wanted it to in terms of like consolidating everything into one cl- clear timeline um, but yeah, I mean, so, it would have if they just had a little consistency with their character designs, but they did not. Uh, so, we cut back to the Nemesis. This is where we first see Soundwave uh, doing what he does best in Prime, which is standing behind Starscream and reminding him to do something. <laughs> but not through speech. Well, through someone else's speech. Yeah. So, Soundwave has a... a file that's actually not speech this time that's true Um, it was earlier when he yeah it's earlier when he plays the like he didn't show up early he just played rc and cliff's conversation um this time he's got all he just has he just has a signal um that he's playing back on his visor and starscream looks at him and goes that's from deep space and we have no idea if that's the actual thing i don't want to waste resources on a space bridge unless you're sure and star and soundway just looks at him and nods and there's a moment where star seems like uh, but then he's like okay 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 open the space bridge yep soundwave is very convincing by just staring at you but i also think like this is like a really interesting display of both the relationship between soundwave and starscream and also starscream and megatron yes right because Again, like, Soundwave doesn't, like, particularly threaten Starscream. He's just like, yes, I'm sure, by nodding. Um, And Starscream is like, he has, like, this moment where he's like, what if I just didn't bring Megatron back to deep space? (laughs) Um, But but then he's like, and I I think it is implied that it is, I mean, obviously Soundwave has some influence on his decision, but I think it is implied, in my opinion, that he, of his own volition, is like, yeah, okay, let's get Master Megatron back from deep space. Yeah. Um, he would not do it if Soundwave wasn't looking. Like, he, he the, like, I think Soundwave... I don't know. I, I disagree with you on that. I truly think that Prime Soundwave is like... He is he is sort of this silent reminder left there by Megatron for Starscream of like, hey, don't fuck this up. 
I just see. I disagree with that, and I think, and I think, like the next two episodes actually sort of gave evidence to my. I guess thing I'm where... I'm thinking about later stuff. Yeah, no, with Sally, later on, like... absolutely. But like, there is still evidence, a lot of evidence, actually, early on, and I, I want to talk about it actually. That like Scorchium actually genuinely cares about Megatron in season one. Right. Um, you know, he has, like, conflicting feelings about it because there's still obviously his ambition. That, like, that hasn't changed here. But, like, there's genuine care about his well-being. So, you know, the moment that Soundwave says, I'm sure that this is Megatron, Starscream's like, yeah, okay, let's go. <laughs> Without, like, fighting it at all. And he flies, Megatron flies through the space bridge, which Starstream activates and triumphantly announces his return in his G1 voice, which will not be his voice for the remainder of the show. Um, there's, like, I, I talked about it, Frank Welker really lowered the register on his Megatron yeah. voice for Prime. This one line of dialogue he has in episode one is way more G1 Megatron. It's way higher, way raspier. But it's in the okay. Ne- but it, it, like it's it's probably like it was like probably the first thing he did in the booth. And then he was like, "What if I just what if I lower what made him a little bit growlier?" He's, so I have I have some director's notes for myself. <laughs> so that brings us right into Darkness Rising Part Two, um, where Starscream is given Megatron the 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 tour of their biggest energon mines. All right, so I have been you know i've been working a lot i've been we have so much energon lord megatron it's been fucking crazy uh the autobot i've been denying so many resources from the autobots it's gonna be it's going great and so she's like i have all the energon we need to feed the army i'm sure you were gathering over three years where you oh, also, fucking abandoned us. Also, Starscream commands the miners to come show Megatron something, and then that's when Star Megatron like walks out of the shadows, is like, "You don't give the commands anymore." And this yeah, is I- where we see one of the main aspects of the Starscream and Megatron relationship. Megatron is fucking huge. Yeah, he's kind of large with it. He is fucking gigantic. And so, like, again, Prime is one of the first series to really hammer home the idea of Megatron being a gladiator oh, in his yes. past life um, for the entertainment of the masses. Um, the best way I could describe boy, buddy. Megatron's visual design in this show is, like, brutality. He He's got, like, we talk about his shark teeth in the armada episode when we were talking about prime in general like he 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 looks like he could tear you apart and just with that in like two seconds no matter who and you are he, he did canonly have a career doing that like, oh yes this is the first this is like i th- i think this is the first time actually uh it's they- like it's always been mentioned often i'm like oh yeah, the, yeah. He, was, he was a gladiator like i'm pretty sure it comes up in the animated but you never see it Okay. And certainly, animated Megatron is so much more of a like ideologue of right. like this this very verbose, manipulative leader. This Megatron is pure power, like yeah. no no fucking around. And and not only do you like hear about his past as a gladiator, you see it quite explicitly as the series progresses. Um, mm. He's just huge. Yeah. So he's like. And also, like again, to remind everyone, I could wrap my little fairy fingers. 
the world's smallest hand around Starscream's waist. Yeah, Starscream is very, I wouldn't call him spindly, but he is very lithe. He's very lanky. Um, he is he is similar to RC in that he's clearly um sacrificed a lot of armor for like speed. Yeah. And so yeah, he he he's he's like kind and of flexibility. He's kind of poking Megatron like, yeah, so was that uh clearly you've been gathering a massive army to smite Optimus Prime off the face of the earth. And Megatron's just like, we'll get there. Megatron says, I abandoned the Decepticon army, and I know why! Because I got high! Because yep. I got high! Because I got high! So he's like, alright, Starstream, you know, I was out in space, and I found some very interesting things. You hear about, you know, Unicron? His blood? I found his blood. And Starstream was like, that Sounds fake, on. but okay. Yeah, he's like, now hold on a minute. That is a, like... If you're talking about dark energy, that shit's so fucking rare it barely exists. And then Megatron pulls out a big old spike of it. And it's like, yeah, uh, you know, I've been, you know, I, uh, I've been interested in, in uh, maybe testing its. Uh... Well, Star Starscream's like, I, you know, Legend says that you can bring back the dead with it, and uh, Megatron's <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, it sure does. Hey, Starscream, want to give it all for the cause? Yeah, and it's so good. Like, <laughs> No, but I do have a corpse on hand. Yeah, it's so funny. I guess he's just like, "Are you volunteering to make the ultimate sacrifice?" And and Sturgeon's like, "Oh, you know, I oh I I would, but you know, I just so happen to have a dead Autobot in the freezer." Um, and I will say, like again, this is there are moments in there are so many moments in Prime as the series progresses where like. In a way that I really can't remember seeing in any other series, Megatron and Starscream are in complete alignment. Yeah, like there yeah, are Nina. several there are what there are several moments where they are completely not in alignment, where they are very much trying to kill each other. But more than any other series, they have a lot of these moments where they're like, "Yeah, we have history." I'm your second in command for a reason. You trust me. I trust you. And we're going to burn the Autobots to the ground together. And yeah. this is one of those moments where Megatron's like, all right, bring me the curbs. And like, he smiles and Starscream smiles and they're all smiling. So we're back at Autobase and Jack is like, you know, this is great. I'm so happy you guys are here stopping the bad robots. Can I go home now? I like to leave. I don't want to be a part of any of this at all. No heart emoji. Yeah, and then Optimus just goes, nope. Gotta stay here. Um, Miko, on the other hand, is like, are you fucking crazy, dude? This is the greatest thing that has ever happened to me. Why do you want to leave? Um, so, and Ratchet is just like, you know, Optimus, um, I don't, I don't like the idea of a bunch of tiny, squishable beings running around at foot level. I mean... What if I just accidentally step somewhere and they go squish? They're so delicate. Optimus says softly, don't. <laughs> um, so, but while they're arguing, the proximity alarm goes off and Optimus is like, oh shit, it's Asian Fowler. Quick, hide the kids. So this is where we get kind of our, our, our one of our other main like human characters here, voiced by the great Ernie Hudson. Um, it is Special Agent Fowler, who is the Autobot, like, government liaison um 
He's like the guy. He's like their um. I forget the guy's name in fucking Transformers Two, but he's like he's like the government guy who makes sure they don't like do anything he's, crazy. He's John Cena and Bumblebee. Yes, unfortunately, he is here because they have just done something crazy. He's like, all right. You, Prime, you better have a good fucking explanation for why your boys caused a fucking 40,000 car pileup on the goddamn highway. And he's like, Subcons are back. I don't know what to tell you. Like, uh, Moon's haunted. Yeah. And Fowler's like, well, if the Subcons are back, maybe I go call the Pentagon in and we solve it ourselves. And Prime's like, you know, that's, um, that seems like a bad idea. In fact, you shouldn't do that. Yeah, you should do the opposite of whatever that is. Um, yeah, the, the, during during the the scene where uh, everyone is arguing against involving the military, Bulkhead grabs something off the wall to demonstrate, like, we can handle it, we've got the force to do it, and he crushes it in his hand, which is when we get the running gag of Ratchet going, Bulkhead, I needed that! Ugh, so he good. Says that, he says that a lot. Um, so good. Fowler uh, eventually leaves, but he's like... Prime, sort your shit out before yeah. I get the Pentagon to sort your shit out for you. And he leaves. And we get another great line, again, ages 12 and up from Bulkhead, which is, um, he's got pretty big bearings for a human. <laughs> big balls on that one, Prime. Um, so yeah, we cut back to the Energon mine where Megatron is, you know, doing a little bit of light necromancy. My boy! Look what they've done to my boy! So he, he jabs Cliff's corpse right in the chest with the big old spear of Dark Energon. He slurps it right up and returns to life as a mindless, rampaging zombie that immediately uh, tears the nearest Viacons apart. <laughs> and Starscream uh, is like, oh, great. Yeah, great army you have, Megatron. We can deal with all of our surpl- all of the surplus of our own fucking troops, jackass. Yeah, again, like, Starscream is so grounded, reasonable, and smart in season one of Prime. It's kind of wild <laughs> to, like, yeah. watch it be like, hey, Lord Megatron, this is your fucking plan? Like, zombies that eat us? And uh, Megatron's like, no, this is just step one of my plan. And Starship's like, what? Yeah, he's like, I just wanted to see if it works. And then he fucking bifurcates Cliffjumper and tosses him off the edge of the fucking thing. Now, the bifurcating Cliffjumper, we're going to see that again in eight years. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Because so, yeah. they take this scene straight into the Bumblebee movie. Yeah, minus the zombification bit. Minus the zombification, but they keep killing Cliffjumper. He really became, like, the guy who dies recently. He is he, the guy who dies. Because he also dies in the fucking Unicron event at the end of IDW. He also uh-huh. fucking eats it. Yeah, no, they keep killing Cliffjumper. After not being in the comic for, like, five years, they just kill him. Very funny. Um... Even funnier, Dirge, the guy who is usually known for being the guy who dies, lives that entire time, I think. Great stuff. Good for Dirge. Anyway, as a result of the zombification, Cliffjumper's life signs are back on. Um, And Ratchet at first thinks it's just a glitch because of the shitty human technology they're forced to use. But because they are s- using an abandoned missile silo. Yeah, basically the government gave him gave them an old missile silo to live in. Um, 
And but RC is like, no, we gotta check. We gotta make sure. Like if there's even the slightest chance that Cliff Jumper is alive, we can't abandon him. And Optimus agrees. So uh they get ready to activate the ground bridge. One of the funniest terms in any Transformers show. It's like a space bridge, but on the ground, as Ratchet explains to the humans. And he, I love I love that he is so fucking exasperated when Jack's like What's the ground bridge? He's like, are you fucking... What are they teaching you in school these days, little boy? Obviously, it's a space bridge, but on the ground, so it's more energy efficient. Duh. Duh, obviously. So, uh, he stays behind to watch over the kids, which he is not particularly happy about. All the rest of them head into the Energon mine. Um... And yeah, they're doing a little bit of stealth. They're, they're surveying the situation. They find all of these Viacon miners. And, you know, they realize this this must be, the, like, where the Decepticons have been for three years. Um, they they ambush the Viacon miners. The action is, is quite good, I will say. RC does twist a guy's head off with her legs. Just, just, just to make a note of that. Um, kind of hot. Yeah. God, I wish that were me. Um so <laughs> don't. While, <Softly> don't. <laughs> so while they're, you know, all the Autobots are doing a bunch of cool action hero shit, Bulkhead does a really there's a really good like punch he does with where like they skip a whole bunch of frames right into a key pose. Like it's a fighting game normal. Like he just did his overhead and yeah. hit that fucking Viacon. Meanwhile, Ratchet is in fucking misery. Uh, <laughs> mostly because the fucking computer keeps getting pop-ups. Yeah, so the computer gets pop-ups, and Raph's like, I can fix that. And Ratchet's like, you are little baby. What could you possibly hope to do? And Raph's like, watch this. <laughs> and he plugs his laptop into the computer and clears all of the error messages away and ratchet looks at him and always sunny title screen ratchet learns to appreciate humans i think all of those pop-ups are because bumblebee kept playing cool math games dot inc you know coop <laughs> So, yeah, we, we, uh, we, uh, Raph's computer abilities are perhaps the most outrageous part of this show. We'll get to yeah. it later. Um, we go back to the battle where we get another very, it's another very infamous line where Optimus transforms into truck mode and just yells, maximum overdrive. And then he does weaponized drifting. This is Tokyo Drift, baby. He, he just fucking ra- runs over a bunch of dudes. Um, but specifically, he drifts into them. Yes. So we cut to Megatron, who is... Um, he's Observing some, his crystals. Spending some quality time charging his crystals, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, he gets a he gets a, a message from Starscream, and Starscream's like, Master Megatron... The there the mine is under attack. Great googly moogly, the mine is under attack. <laughs> and Megatron's like Is Optimus there? And Starstream's like Yes, your weird rival is there. I love and this because because, uh, because he literally this is the verbatim, he goes, Optimus, I need more time to prepare a yeah. proper reception for my old yeah. friend. Megatron's like Oh dear, oh, I'm shit. not ready. Oh shit! 
Oh shit, I'm evil and gay, and I haven't prepared for this moment yet. Uh, um, I need to I look presentable. I haven't seen my ex-boyfriend in so long. Starscream, what do I do? And Starscream's like, don't involve me with your ex-lover. Are you shitting me? <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like, yeah, let's just pull out. Uh, and Starscream's like, what? <laughs> what do you mean well, pull out? Uh, yeah. It's like it's like that doesn't prevent pregnancies, uh, <laughs> and then uh, and he's like, if we do that, the Energon line will be will be lost. And Megatron's like, blow the fucking mind, then. Yeah, he's like, well, if we do the, all the all the autopsy, get all this Energon. He's like, blow it up. Fucking, we care. We got dark Energon, baby. We don't need that shit. We'll have all the Energon we'll need soon. So we uh. We at, at, during the battle, RC spots Cliff Trumper. He's you know lying on the catwalks, and she's like, "Oh fuck, I got to go get him." Uh, so she parkours up there, um, and Cliff Trumper goes growl snarl, bite, yeah. bites and attacks, and bites and attacks, and bites yeah. and attacks. Yeah, so she finds roughly fifty percent of Cliff Jumper, um, <laughs> more like thirty three percent. And she's like, "All right, all right, buddy, let's get you out of here." Oh my god, you're a zombie. Um, and she kind of, like, drops him into the Energon mine. This is when Starscream shows up to drop a fucking detonation charge into the Energon. Yeah, uh, Starscream's like, I would stay, but no. <laughs> I would stay, but I don't want to. Um, um, I want to talk a little bit about Steve. Well, I, you know what? Let's save Steve Bloom Starscream for Darkness Rising Part 3, because that's where a lot of his best shit is. Um, yeah, but I will say, what we do get here is one of the sexiest and most well-known uh, transformations that yes. Starscream does. Um in throughout the entire series where the the mine has this sort of like circular shaft elevator that goes through it and uh starscream uh drops the detonator into the mine jumps into the shaft transforms into it and then rockets straight up through it uh and it's just it looks really good yeah i'm sure starscream knows knows about a lot of shaft tricks Mm. anyway so (laughs) the mine's about to blow up (laughs) All of the Autobots are, all right, let's, uh, hey, Ratchet, open the door. They all flee from the fireball in classic action movie style. Oh, it should be noted before they go. When Arcee was looking over Cliff Jumper, she got a little uh, spit on her hand. Yes, some dark energon got on her, like, hand. Um, and Miko is immediately, like, peppering them with the billing questions. Like, I, I bet the battle was so cool and epic and, and you kill a whole bunch of dudes. Was it awesome? Um... And Arcee's like, yeah, we ruled, and I'm doing really good. Oh God! Yeah, and she like, like <laughs> starts stumbling and is and dizzy, and she's like, I'm fine. I'm just dizzy. And this is where we get the most concise summary of why people like Transformers. There are three main human characters here, which is they say in order that robots who get dizzy, robots with emotions, robots, robots who, can who die. die, because Arcee is talking about. Cliff Jumper and like the just horribly distraught at seeing it, what they did. She meant she one of during her dialogue. She's like, it reminded me of those Decepticon experiments during the war. So she's seen some gnarly shit. Um, we'll we'll get to that in later seasons. Yeah, but you can probably we'll, blame Shockwave for that. If anything fucked up happens anywhere, there's a good chance shockwave is to blame you can probably it. blame shockwave for that and yeah. basically any continuity <laughs> where shockwave is present um but yeah so she gets dizzy ratchet scoops the goo off her is like uh what is this you need to go take a shower immediately stinky yeah go take, take a, a de- de- decontamination shower yep 
Um, As she's taking the shower, Optimus is like, okay, I'm glad we all got out of that safely. The humans still super need to be protected. Yeah. Like, and, and even more now. And Jack's like, uh, hey, Optimus, I got a question. I got no signal. Um, and he's like, yes, it's uh, perfectly protected from all surveillance. And he, Jack is like, well, it's a problem because if I don't show up pretty soon at home, uh, the cops will probably come looking for me. And I love this. Optimus yeah. leans in very close and very sternly asks, have you broken a law? <laughs> so good. And Jack's like, my 10 p.m. curfew. And Optimus is like, human shit. customs. I hadn't <laughs> thought about that. Ah, shit. Moms. So Moms who want to fuck me? <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> so he's like, all right, I can't just let you leave unsupervised you still might be targeted by the decepticons uh so yeah like like bulkhead you go with miko bumblebee you go with raph ratchet ratchet's like i'm busy (laughs) rc and rc's like oh i'm still dizzy (laughs) so dizzy and ratchet's like you're fine rc and rc's like i'm gonna kill you ratchet um yeah. And Optimus is like, all right, RC, you go with Jack. And she's like, fuck. Yeah, so they all get assigned their little guardians, and we see Jack uh, driving RC home, parking her in the garage. And they have, a, they have a little conversation about where RC's like, all right, listen, I don't think it's any more than you do, but you can't just, like, try to ignore all this, all right? You got to listen to me. Um, there's a line Jack has here. Oh, it's it's RC going, like, I don't want, I don't care about any of your girl troubles. Uh, talking about the this the Sierra thing well, from oh, earlier yeah. in the so, episode. Well, what what Jack says? So they arrive back at his house, and Jack says, "For what it's worth, I'm really sorry about your loss." Yes, and that's right. That's, yeah, that's RC, right. And RC's like, "What do you know about loss?" And Jack's like, "I got problems as well. Hot girl problems were just like <sighs> you, except we're hot." And RC's like, I don't think your girl problems count. And Jack's like, I have more than girl problems. No, specifically what Jack says in response is, I think my girl problems started the night I met you. Yes. And that is when his mom shows up. Um, yeah, and, and RC's like already transforming. She's like, Decepticons. And yes. Jack's like, no, it's my mom. Stop. Well, actually, first, first she pulls out her guns. Um, yeah, no, exactly. She's like ready to go. And Jack's like, that's my mom. Please stop. So thankfully, Jack's mom, June, does not see the giant robot crouching. June Darby, love of my life. Creature after my own heart. So she shows up and, you know, we kind of we kind of see... Uh, you know, we can't see the garage. We see Jack from over the shoulder with her going like, what is going on here? And he's like, uh, I can explain. But then, you know, she's like, where did you buy this? And we pan back. And of course it is simply RC in vehicle form. Um, and he's like, uh, it's used. (laughs) I saved up for it. It's, it's not just used. It's really like abused, really. Yeah. It's a real shit. Yeah. He's necking RC so bad. He's like, it's a real piece of shit, honestly. Kind of, you know, real, real ornery. <laughs> um, yeah, at the, at the very end, basically, like, his mom gives him a whole speech about being responsible or whatever. Yes. And, and Jack responds by saying, like, this is me being responsible. This is me showing you responsibility. And the very end, June is like, well, you'll take me. And, and he's like, you know, she's she's what is is meaningful to me or whatever. And our and. June's like, 
she, I didn't think he'd be taking girls home so uh, early. And Jack's like, ha ha, ha ha ha. Anyway, good night, mom. Um, and as, as they go, June's like, well, you'll take me on a ride with her sometime, won't you? And Jack's like, yeah, you know, we'll see. She's temperamental. <laughs> fucking RC just trying to figure out a way to, like, I don't know, burn. RC is just like is subtly adjusting her rear view mirrors yes, to, to look keep at him. June and Jack in her uh, to glare to glare at Jack. Yeah, it's so fucking funny. But yeah, we kind of get the the central conflict between them of like Jack is obviously teen boy. He wants to have more independence. June very protective. Do we ever learn what happened to his dad? I don't think so. Not by I, my memory. In my uh, my guess is that like. He probably died at he some died point. He died in the robot wars. <laughs> he he died in the gold rush of what it, the, the, the Jasper had a very late gold. He rush, died. He died in the Fast and Furious race wars. <laughs> God. Um. So, but yeah, like he he died at some point in the past, and that's why she's so protective of him. I would imagine. Um. Yeah. Uh. So it's the next morning, and RC is revving her engine to wake Jack up, and he's like, "What the fuck? Are you, you need Jack's to shut like, up. You need to stop. You need to stop. My mom's going to hear you." And RC's like, "Okay, get on. Let's go." And Jack's like, "It's fucking it's Saturday. Saturday. It's and Saturday." I, and RC has a great line. He's like, "You can go watch cartoons with Bumblebee back at base." And Jack's like, "Cartoons. I'm 16." <laughs> And but and then but he like, he's like fine whatever and then she yells after him and leave a note for your mom she worries it's like ah already and- RC that you know melting that that little icy heart of hers and that transitions us into like the next scene perfectly where Starscream is standing behind Megatron saying like I am worried that your exposure to dark energon might be affecting your judgment. Lord Megatron, what is the common commonality between all of your failed relationships? It's that cursed Egyptian energon. It's that devil blood chunk you have. Uh, Why but, are you even still using it? But he's basically like, don't worry. There's no need to fuck around with it. I dealt with Optimus Prime. And Megatron's like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> like, he didn't die in that fucking explosion, idiot. But again, so like, I, I think you can take his concern over Megatron a few ways, but I do yeah. think there is a lace of like genuine, genuine concern about Megatron's health and well-being. Yeah, he's just saying uh, a lot of crazy shit right now. Yeah, where he's like, again, like this could just be a power grab, but I don't think it is at this stage in Prime. I think at this stage in Prime, it is like starting being like, Lord Megatron, I'm, like, genuinely, like, I think you should see a counselor, maybe. Yeah, cause <laughs> like, like, knockout's just down the way. Like, you could go, we have a doctor. He's not a particularly good one, but, like, yeah, we got one. Yeah, I was about one. to say, I would not trust knockout. Knockout with your with mental, my health. mental health. Yeah, no. Um, but, you know, maybe, like, you know, Soundwave, he's a really good listener. Maybe but, him. like, again, like, that sort of aspect of Starscream having any form of genuine concern yeah. about Megatron's well-being is so interesting to me. I think it's multiple things, right? It's, like, partially that and also partially 
this guy's going fucking crazy. Yeah. And I no. don't want to be under the command of some fucking devil sicko. I mean, obviously, obviously there's an element of self-servingness in here. There's always an element of self-servingness when oh, it yeah. comes to Starscream. But the fact that, like, there's an element of anything else, of, like, genuine concern, I think is such an interesting choice for Prime. Of, yeah. of basically showing, and again, like, we as we go through the series, we see this more and more. But, like, there is real history between... Megatron and Starscream in Prime and their relationship is like very complex um and there are parts where it like works really well for both of them and there are parts where it really doesn't but like the idea that there is any genuine affection from either of them towards each other is something that's like basically completely absent from any other uh series so Megatron is just like, all right, I, you know, I figured out what it does to dead sparks. We know that. I'm really curious what'll happen if I use it on a living spark. And Starstream's like, uh, yeah. this is the part no. where he's like, don't, 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 no, Megatron, please don't. And then he stabs himself <laughs> with the fucking dark energy on shard and, you know, starts glowing purple and yelling a lot. Um, we'll see what happens then later uh for now we cut back to the lab where it's actually really cool because like it's another very stylish transition because we zoom in on like megatron's little chest plate glowing bright purple and that fades into ratchet analyzing dark energon's like chemical structure where he's just like what the fuck is this this is bad mojo i've got right here some of it splashes onto the broken diagnostic tools that uh, Bulk had destroyed, which uh, in another uh, influence from the live-action movies starts to come to life and turn evil. Just like all of the like weird Allspark monsters from the end of the first movie and the beginning of the second one. Um, which brings us right into Darkness Rising Part 3 where we open with just like... Uh, just hanging out. The kids hanging out with their Autobots, you know, just chilling, bonding. Yeah, I mean, your mileage may vary depend on what you consider bonding. Right. Well, so we got we got RC doing some cool stunts. Cause she's like, I, don't know, I thought maybe you'd want your 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 commute to be a little bit more exciting this time, Jack. I thought I'd have a little bit of fun. Um, Miko has convinced Bulkhead to go up to the top of a cliff. Yes. And Bulkhead's like, I am meant to protect you. And Miko's like, look at you. You're a fucking, like, monster truck. Let's fucking go. And Bulkhead's like, yeah, okay, fair enough. (laughs) And and, uh, dives off the cliff with her in it. And uh, Raph and Bumblebee are playing racing games. Yeah. Bumblebee has a fucking Tesla-style, like, game display in him, I guess. Um, yeah, and he's using his wheel as a Wiimote. Yep, and Raph's like, oh, no fair, you've been driving way longer than I have, because obviously Bumblebee wins a little race. Um, and we, uh, this is when we cut to <laughs> Ratchet having a bad time with his lab equipment, which attempts to facehugger him. Uh, and, you know, I think this is where I want to talk a little bit about Ratchet, as played by beloved character actor Jeffrey Combs, um, who does just a fantastic job. Yes. He's so good. He's I, I think he's probably most famous for uh, Reanimator. He plays 
the the main character in that. He is also in he's also in Next Generation. God, right? he sure does, huh? He sure yep. is Herbert, isn't he? He sure is. There may or may not be an episode later down the line in, involving Ratchet becoming obsessed with some green yeah, liquid. Yeah, becoming Herbert. Yep. Uh-huh. So pretty good. Currently, not as gay. I have to say, Prime's pretty gray. It's not as gay as Reanimator is. That's true. So Ratchet is attempting to not be murdered by his own lab equipment. Uh, luckily, Optimus steps in and deals with that quite quickly, quite swiftly. Um, and Ratchet's like, oh, okay, Optimus, big problem. That's Dark Energon. Um, which, you know, and Optimus is like, that, seem, that seems improbable. There's only, or no, it's Optimus versus Dark Energon, right? Because Ratchet's like, I don't know what the fuck this is. And Optimus is like, oh, it's Dark Energon. Yeah, yeah, like, so... Uh, Ratchet's like, I have no idea what this shit is, but it sucks. And Optimus is like, I have a bad feeling, and yeah. here's what my feeling is. It's Dark Energon. Yeah, and, and Ratchet's like, that, that is such a rare substance, it's basically theoretical. And Optimus is like, yeah, Megatron might have found a lot of it. We should probably uh, figure that out. Um as as they're talking about Dark Energon, we cut to Megatron really just vibing on his devil drugs a little bit. Uh, just having a great time monologuing to himself, rather to his rock. So he, and, says, he says something in particular here, where he's like, where, <laughs> like, so Starscream comes up to me, he's like, Hey, Megatron, how are you doing? And Megatron's like, I feel phenomenal. It's almost like I can hear Unicron's voice. And I just want to point out, Megatron hearing Unicron's voice, which has famously gone very well for him. Always a good sort of guy to have in your head. Um, yeah, and so he's like, I can almost hear his voice. And Starsky's like, that's great. I'm so happy for you. I'm going to go over here. Yeah. Megatron heads out and Starscream like talks to Soundwave. And he's like, Soundwave, listen. I'm, he's like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to cast aspersions on your loyalty to Decepticon cause, but I don't know what's going on with Megatron. And yeah. it's kind of concerning. And I just think that if we concentrate on like what we're meant to do- be doing, like eliminating the Autobots, we'll probably be better off. And, like, that's how you know, this is how you know that Starscream is being particularly competent in season one, because yeah. Soundwave is like, yes, that sounds good. Yeah, well, it takes a little bit of convincing, because he plays back the clip of Megatron going, like, you know, stay here and await my commands. And by the yeah. way, whenever Soundwave echoes someone else, it, it, it he always gives them, like, a very flat affect, and you can hear the, like, G1 Soundwave voice yes. modulator under it, which is a really cool effect. Yeah, and, um, and, and in response to the Starstream's like, I'm not deaf. It's like, I know what he said, but I just, I just, you know, I just think perhaps his judgment might be impaired by the fucking devil blood he keeps jamming directly into his veins. Not into his veins, into his heart. Yeah. Specifically, <laughs> Starstream's like, hey, maybe don't put it directly into your spark chamber. Okay, you put it directly into your spark chamber. Right, yeah, great. Yeah, he's like, he's like Sandra, he was talking about hearing Unicron's voice in his head. He's fucking losing it. We should really just, you know, he'll be, he'll calm down once we've defeated the Autobots and we can all go back to normal. Yeah, so this is when, this is when Optimus is like, all right, I think I know what Megatron's planning on doing. 
Um, I think he is going to create a gigantic army of the undead. And Ratch is like, well, surely there's no battlefield on Earth that could have the amount of corpses he would need to facilitate that, right, Optimus? And Optimus just looks at him and he goes... Stares at the the camera like he's on the office. (laughs) Right, Optimus? And he's like, we should go investigate it. (laughs) Um, This is when all of the Autobots roll in with their humans... And Optimus is like, all right, me and Ratchet, we're going out. And Archie's like, hold on, wait. I volunteer. I would like to go out on a mission with you, please, Optimus. Uh, Optimus is like, no heart emoji. Stay here. You're in charge. I love this. Archie's like, but but Ratchet, I know, Ratchet's like old and shitty, and he hasn't seen combat in a while. He's like, my ears still work, you know. Yes. Um, so Arcee's put in charge, and Miko looks at Bulkhead, and she's like, Bulkhead, why do you, the largest Autobot, simply not eat the other Autobots? <laughs> yeah, she's like, you're the biggest one, shouldn't you be in charge? He's like, I just, I always get passed over. Um, but yeah, but this is where Optimus is like, you know, uh, Ratchet is basically my most trusted ally. I've been rolling with him for fucking centuries. Like... There's no one I'd rather ha- I'd rather have my back than Ratchet. Also, he has a medical degree, and we're about to do devil yes. drugs. Also, yeah. Also, I will need him uh, for corpse reasons. Um, so don't don't do anything stupid while I'm gone. Bye. So they leave, and immediately Miko breaks out the electric guitar to try to get a band together. Um, They're well, just... actually, actually, first immediately RC leaves. She's like, all right, you know, I'm gonna go out. I'm I'm going on patrol. And she's like. This. She's like, Bulkhead, you're in charge. <laughs> and just leaves. And leaves. Um, and immediately, once Miko starts making noise, Fowler's like, I have a bone to pick with all yeah. of you. It's so funny, but like, there's an extended bit where Miko is asking everyone what they play, and Raph's like, I got a laptop. She's like, great. You can be like the, the DJ thing with all the buttons, right? The, you know, sense and sound sample. He's like, uh... And Jack's like, I can play a pretty mean tambourine. She's like... I love Jack. And she's just staring at I love Jack. He's so fucking relatable. Yeah, and she's just like, okay, well, how don't you just cover yourself in fake blood and, like, scream instead? That would probably be more productive. Bulkhead, yeah. your percussion. <laughs> but before and, they can uh, really get going. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, actually, they also took Bumblebee. I forgot that RC's like, hey, Bumblebee, let's go. <laughs> let's leave. Right, Leaving that's why Bulkhead. Bulkhead is left in charge. Yeah, Bulkhead has to, because Fowler shows up and he. <laughs> Hurriedly hides the kids behind his ankle, but Miko still has the guitar, which the is bass. still plugged it's in. It's a bass. Yeah, it's the bass. Oh, is it a bass? It's a bass. It's a bass. Well, it's, pl- it's still plugged into the amp, so it's making noise the whole time that uh, Fowler is talking to Bulkhead. Like, I'm sorry, that fucking. Were you going to tell She's me like, there was going to be a, a gigantic crater in the middle of Nevada if you, like a day and, ago? And like the, it keeps making noise and like eventually Fowler sees the wire leading back to them. It's like, since when are you guys electrical? Yeah. And like at that point, the, the jig is up, basically. Yeah, they all reveal themselves and Fowler's like, okay, <laughs> we're done here. Yeah, Fowler's like, I'm Delta Airlines and you're going to jail for 30 years. <laughs> It's so funny because like he's immediately like, all right, kids, we're gonna take you into federal custody because you should not be around any of this stuff. And Bulkhead's like, no, we can protect them better than you can. And the kids make it so much worse. They're like, we're interns. Yes, Jazz. Jazz like, we're, we're we're student interns. And Fowler's like, 
Uh, yeah, no. we'll see about that when I report back to my bosses at the Pentagon. Again, yeah. cannot emphasize this about enough, the Pentagon. Yeah, they're, <laughs> he is going to go to the Pentagon and he leaves and Bulkhead's like, oh, I fucking hate that guy. What a dick. This will be important for later. Um, yes. So, the, the, so Optimus has brought Ratchet to an old battlefield and he says, so, remember... And the late stages of the war, when there a lot, of, when both sides were stashing energon off world, and Ratchet's like, "Yeah, that's why there's so many energon deposits on places like Earth." And Optimus says, "Well, this planet holds the uh, largest uh, Cybertronian mass grave in the galaxy." And Ratchet says, "Oh." Ratchet says, "You're shitting me." <laughs> He's like, "Oh no." <laughs> So we, we cut away from that um, for a while. Meanwhile... And we get back to the Nemesis where yeah, Soundwave... Well, Fowler, so yeah, first Fowler is calling into the Pentagon about like, hey, I got some shit, some developments to talk about with right. the Autobots. They're pulling some shit again. Uh, call me as soon as possible. Which Soundwave intercepts and relays to Starscream who says, oh, Agent Fowler, eh? He knows where the Autobot base is. Get him. And, and so... Soundwave releases. We, this is the first time we get to see Laserbeak. Yeah, Prime Laserbeak is, is basically just a little drone that it can deploy from. But I love her, chest. and so does Soundwave. And so she goes off, and um, to give you like the the scale of Laserbeak, she's about the size of half of a helicopter. Yeah, Fowler is is it looks like a news helicopter basically, but it does have guns strapped to it. Um, yeah, and. Laserbeak says, watch me swoosh right in. Yep. So they have a little dogfight, and honestly, Fowler holds his own pretty well against Laserbeak. Again, I have... to, like, outmaneuver it. I get... I have... My, my, my next note is literally, like, easily one of the most competent overall human casts in the franchise. Oh, yeah. Easily. Yeah, I mean, Fowler eventually gets a little bit goofy later on, but, like, I think he still holds his own quite a bit. And again, like, um, as, as a total, like, human cast... There's no one who's particularly like, I can't stand you. And yeah. everyone, everyone actually like contributes in real ways in almost more, I would say more than almost any other franchise, any other yeah. series in the franchise. I think Miko has a few moments of being a bit much, but honestly, that's like, you know, she's excitable. She's. Yeah. And really... I mean, and, and that's playing to the like, you know, the. 12 year olds that they're targeting yeah like she she's the she's the one who is super excited and jazzed about being in the middle of a giant robot civil war who perhaps will learn later on that uh, war is bad and not fun well, um, cool robot exactly she is absolutely in well cool robot mode well jack is immediately like this is all fucked and i don't want to be a part of it yeah, yeah so fowler gets shot down but before he does he sends a distress signal to the auto base which bulkhead sees and he goes uh oh well yeah, yeah not my problem yeah well he first tries he does try like he, yeah, he gives he's... like the most cursory like attempt to trace the signal but it like pans out before he can trace it and he's like oh well and jack's like oh well seriously and Volk is so like yeah he's a jerk it's so funny yeah he's immediately like well you know, I can't. I can't find him. Position isn't exact. I, oh well. So Raph and, now, and Jack's where, like, maybe reconsider that. Yeah, he, built, he works with the Pentagon. 
He works with the Pentagon. He knows where your base is, and if they capture him, he might tell them that he might tell the Decepticons where your base is. And Bulkhead's like, Ah, hmm, beans. Good point. But I can't get a, tr- a lock on a signal. And Raph's like, Don't worry, I can hack into the Pentagon's computers. Uh, yeah. Hmm? Huh? Uh, Miko's like, You can hack? Aren't you like eight? <laughs> <laughs> it's like 12. Raph's like, I'm 12. So he says that every federal agent is chipped like a dog. You saw it on TV. So he he uses that. He hacks. He, this is how I, you know it's a Canadian production. They never would have gone away with this in the United States. For sure. Like, he, I have to say it again. Raph, age 12, hacks into the Pentagon's personnel files to get Fowler's RFID signal. Yep. Breaks right in. Fucking all right. So we he can't finds even it. we can't even talk about that too long right now because we cut no. over to Decepticons. That's um, not even the craziest thing he does. The yeah, show. no, no, no. We'll we'll get we'll get back to rap, but we cut over to Decepticons, and all all we can talk about now is thighs. Yep. <laughs> so we we uh we we so Starscream welcomes Fowler into his torture dungeon. Which he has. There's lots of chains all over the place, and yeah, we get we get Again, lots of sh- the weird BDSM shit with Starscream does not stop there's, in the show. There's so much of it. Um, and he's just like, "Hello, hello, Agent Why Fowler. Why do you welcome- have these? Shut up." <laughs> <laughs> hello, Agent Fowler. Welcome to the Nemesis. I have lots of toys to use. And he was like, "What is? All right." Um, and and Fowler's just making some fucking quips also so very like f- your hip to ra- waist ratio makes you look like a bottom <laughs> he basically does say that he's like I, I i listen i may not know too much about your operation but i know you ain't calling the shots around here boy i know who your top is and he ain't here right now um actually it's even funnier the thing he specifically says is i'd like to speak to the manager yeah starts <laughs> i am the manager um so yeah, but like one one funny thing that Fowler has his like his like character quirk is that he has a lot of exclamations involving very patriotic things. Um, he when he's being chased by Lizard Beak, he goes Stars Uncle Sam's beard, and later he yeah. tells Starscream to eat his Star Spangled shorts. I am like so convinced that when Brian Fuller was creating Hannibal, <laughs> that he looked at Fowler and he's like. Get Lawrence Fishburne to do this in real life, and that's how he created Jack Lawrence. Oh, for sure. I feel like Fowler is very. I feel like Fowler could very easily be a Lawrence Fishburne character. He even has like the. He absolutely is a Lawrence Fishburne character. Don't even talk to me about it. I know he's not voiced by Lawrence Fishburne, but he, he even is. Has in like spirit. A li- he kind of even looks a little bit like him in the face. He's got a very big chin. Um, so Fowler's, you know, getting tortured. Bulkhead uh, deploys on the ground bridge. And he puts Jack in charge. And well, Fowler has not been tortured yet. No, he is. We he's will, on the way to be tortured. We will get to his torture. Yes. So, but he Bulkhead leaves. He puts Jack in charge, and Jack's like, "All right, guys." Uh, and then he turns around, and Miko's gone. Whoops. Yeah, they arrive on the other side of the ground bridge, and Bulkhead's like, "All right." He sees the nemesis, and he sees all the vehicles like around he's like, it. He's like, "Oh fuck!" He's like, "Hmm, not great." 
And he's trying to figure out a plan, and suddenly he hears on the side, so what's the plan? And he looks to the side, and Miko's there, and he's like, fuck me running. <laughs> it's like, oh no! And of course, she immediately, like, she's yelling, and she immediately catches some Viacon's attention, who wander over there. Um, yeah, she has a great line where she's like, oh, unwise. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Not. <laughs> she, oh, unwise. What a good she line. Made, she made the wise posting tweet. That was her. Yeah. Um, so, like, that's, Bulkhead that's not immediately very wise leads into of you. action. Yeah, Bulkhead immediately leads into action on this Viacon, right? Um, beating the shit out of him, you know, very brutal hand to hand combat. This is a great moment. Yeah, so, he says, he says, Miko, Miko, look away. And Miko does not look away. And, but, and he's like, Miko, turn your eyes away. She does not look away. And he does not have any time to tell her it again before he reaches into this beacon's chest and rips its lip beating heart out. Yeah, like, and because, okay, it's so funny because like, obviously she just sees a bunch of fucking wires or she yeah. doesn't care. It's a robot. Yeah, to him, it, this is the most fucked up thing. Miko, like, instead of turning away, Miko's been watching this with big, wide yeah. eyes, and it, like, zooms in on her, and she goes, this rules. <laughs> yeah, like, he fucking just, he just, like, and you see the whole thing, he just reaches in there and just tears a lump of wires and fucking parts out of his chest. Yeah. And, oh, this, I think that's the reason they ran away in episode one. They were like, oh, no, it's this guy. This guy's real fucked Listen, up. Listen, you don't mess with the wreckers. He's like, he's like a road buster. He's just constantly doing the most fucked up shit imaginable. Uh, the wreckers, you know. Yeah. Say what you will about them. They do a lot of war crimes. Anyway. <laughs> we get back to the Decepticons again. Um, Starscream is rapidly progressing towards uh, torture. Well, to actual well torture. first, we have a, we have the, the ground bridge of the Magi. So, so Jack is like... Oh, yeah! <laughs> oh, we gotta... We gotta go get her, right? And Raph's like, yeah, we probably gotta go get her. So they activate the ground bridge. Well, no, and Jack's, like, Jack's like, Raph, you're in charge. Yes. Raph does not say anything else to Raph. He goes like, Raph, you're in charge. And Raph's like, in charge of who? <laughs> in charge and, of who, me? Yeah, and like, they activate, and Jack activates the space bridge. And he's like, the, the ground bridge. He's like, okay, here I go. And Raph shows up right behind him. And he's like, yep. fuck it. Like, let's just go. <laughs> and the two of them start walking off together. And as they walk through the ground bridge, there's a calm from RC being like, base, oh, base, come yeah. in. Yeah, so uh, but what happens is that, so Bulkhead calls RC and B while they're on patrol. And she's like, oh, hey, Bulkhead, what's up? Oh, yeah. What do you, what do you we only hear one side of this conversation. She's like, what do you You're mean where? ran into? Tr- no, he's like, what do you mean you ran into trouble? It's just three kids. And then there's a pause, and she screeches to a halt, and she's like, "You're wh- what? You're where? She's <laughs> where?" <laughs> and then she just peels right off. And this, yeah, she calls in Jack. I need you to open the fucking ground bridge right now. But he is already walking through with Raph, and they miss each other. So it goes back to um, RC and Bumblebee, and RC's like, mm. "Metal to the pedal." Yep. So this is where we get torture time. Um, yeah. He, he, we've got Fowler chained up, hanging from the ceiling. And he's having a laugh, mate, at Starstream's yes. expense. And Starb seems like, okay, I'm literally going to beat you to death. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's the, there's a hard ass line he has where he's like, Agent Fowler, I have one simple request that will save your family the pain of grieving. Oh, it's so good. And again, and Steve Bloom's voice work on this is phenomenal. 
Yeah, like as you there would has expect. never there has never been a Starscream in this lower register. Like there's there's a sliding scale of Starscreams, right? On on one end you have Chris Lotta Starscream, just oh my the God. screechiest, <laughs> yeah, most fucking over the top Starscream you can. Tom Kenny's think, probably like right yeah, in the he's middle. Like, yeah, he's Tom Kenny is like I think Armada Starscream is like in the middle where he's like he's got a very raspy quality to his uh, English voice at least. Um, but it's not screechy, and he's much yeah. more like restrained. Tom Kenny is like he's playing it. Um, he is playing a more Lotta grounded version of Lotta's yeah. Starscream. Where he is, but he's he has his is much more like egotistical and grandiose. Um, with yeah, these what if SpongeBob was smug? Yeah. <laughs> then on the way other end, on the way other end. There is Prime Starscream because you have Steve Bloom is 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 in a higher register than usual. He he is sort of yes. a he he has moments where he snivels as a Starscream is wont to do. Um, but there's but only so high a base can get. Yeah, and he, and is, he is a base. Very just like just like Megatron. Starscream is very growly in this show. Yeah, and he's especially growly when he turns to the Vehicons and says, "Get the prod." Yeah. So. He gets an Energon prod, and he's like, you know, I've always wondered what raw Energon would do upon being brought into contact with a human nervous system. Probably nothing good. And then just starts electrocuting the shit out of Fowler. Yeah, like, it is very explicit torture. Fowler is playing the Metal Gear Solid 1 torture minigame right now. Then we finally cut back to Optimus and Ratchet, who have, uh, who have arrived in a big old canyon, and guess who's there? It's Megatron. And Megatron has a great line here when he sees the two of them, where he's like, Optimus, my old friend, so good to see you. I see you brought your watchdog with you. Yeah. And I love that um, Ratchet's murder ambulance reputation precedes him. Yes, Megatron is all about Ratchet. And this pose Megatron takes is so good, where he's like, he puts his foot up on a rock and leans on his knee and is like, hey, how's it going, Optimus? What's going on? Um, hey, so baby. he's, yes, Optimus is like, Optimus is just getting ready to fight, and, and you Megatron's don't need like, her. yeah, and Megatron's like, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to finally be able to reveal to you the power of Dark Energon, and he casts Mass Rays Dead as he throws a spike of Dark Energon to the ground, and a fucking billion robot zombies start clambering out of it, and that's where we end. Oh, and we, he can control them now because he has he's infused with Dark Energon. That's the big thing. Do you want to push the questions to next week? We went so, so long. long, given how long we've gone. Yeah, I think. So yeah, I think we, we will. Should. We will. We will finish up our darkness rising questions. The good news is that it's all the same five part series that we're yeah. going to be talking about, so it's still relevant. Yes. So don't you worry, everyone. We will. Uh, we will answer all questions you may have next week once we finish up the first art little arc of this. Uh, yeah, we were. We are like. Yeah, we're almost at two hours here, yeah. so let's go ahead and We're wrap very excited up. about Transformers hey, Prime. It turns at least out, I am. It turns out this show has a lot more to talk about than Armada ever did. Yeah, it's 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 here's the thing about Prime. It's a really fucking good series. There's a lot there's a lot of stuff going on under the hood, and there, that will only continue yeah. to rise in quality as we go on. 
Yeah. Anyway, we, uh, we, that's us. We've been Prime Cuts. You can find us on Twitter at Prime Cuts Pod and join our Discord. Hey, we screened, or I screened, the fucking Transformers movie. We screened. The movie. We co-hosted. We co-hosted. The, uh, the server watched Transformers movie 1986 uh, last weekend, and we all had a great time. That's a great movie. Uh, we also played a little bit of Jackbox after it, where we coined the term Stars Crusty. So if you're interested in things like that, you should and join you know the Discord. I am. <laughs> join the fucking Discord. Um, I'm on Twitter at Dragon Smoocher. Uh, and you can find various other things that I am on in various other places. Like uh, Disney Minus, where I am dragged through the muck of the mouse. Um, latest episode, almost a three-hour podcast about fucking Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And... Still, we didn't talk about everything. There's just so much to that movie. Great movie. Next episode is on something called... It's on a fucking decom about a blind kid who gets into wrestling? I don't fucking know, man. RNG. It just gave it to us. That's a Disney Minus pod. And I'm also on a, uh, a Final Fantasy fourteen companion podcast with my good pal Jane. That is at... Heidelin Radio, Radio Free Heidelin. We will be beginning our playthrough of the game proper very soon. Uh, I've, I've already played through the first 10 levels of A Realm Reborn, and uh, we're, we're ready to talk about the game, so get hyped for that. I'll also probably be releasing our um, post end, our, our Endwalker post-mortem that we recorded back in January after we had both finished Endwalker um on the feed there this week so if you want to like hear us cry for two hours you can do that um and of course you can check out our past podcast the shira show at podcast power on twitter good show good podcast uh i am audrey uh if you do want to join our our discord by the way you can find the link to that right. in the uh url section of our twitter which you can find at prime cuts pod or you can find it in the description of all of our episodes, which you can find on noisepace.xyz, which is a network we are a part of. We're happy, very happy to be a part of it. You can find other great shows on Noisepace like um, Zero Zero and uh, Digimon Ghost Gaze and uh, Kamarocha Radio. A lot of good stuff there. Give it a give it a listen. Um, you can find me personally at Optimum and Prime on Tumblr, Twitter. That's my funny robot internet joke. You can also listen to the other podcast I do which is Pot of Greed, which you can find on uh, at uh, Pot of Greed cast on Twitter, uh, also on Noise Space. If you are, it's, in, it's about Yu-Gi-Oh! If you are into Yu-Gi-Oh! the game, and even if you aren't very into Yu-Gi-Oh! the game, but just kind of want to play it, uh, we are, we've just opened our annual tournament, uh, Cup of Greed, which will be starting um, on, which will be the weekend of June 3rd through 5th. Uh, I actually have a viable deck this year, which is very exciting because I'm not very good at this game. But I beat someone who is very good at this game in a test run earlier today. So that's very exciting. Um, and even if you're not interested, you should go and uh, give us a listen. It's a celebration of Yugi Mudo's birthday, uh, which is June 4th. Um, so, yeah, I think that is it. And so um, until... Next time, I am going to sit down because I'm still dizzy. Transform and roll out. 
I am going to lurk over the shoulder of my commanding officer, and my blank visage will remind him of his own sins. And I'll just sort of stand there. I'm not going to transform. I'm, I'm just going to hang out there. Not, not, not yet, at least. All right. Nope. Peach. Peach. 